Hello, I'm Zara, a self-published author of young adult and new adult fiction, a publishing grad student at NYU, and an aspiring literary agent. Hi, I'm Kelly, a genre-hopping writer, domestic goddess, which is a fancy way of saying that I am a stay-at-home mom and wife, and I occasionally captain the Hot Mess Express. And this is Writish, the podcast by writers for writers, where we discuss craft and hot topics in the writing community. This season, we're also starting to get into some interviews with other writers and industry professionals, so we're very excited for that and hope you'll enjoy those episodes as much as we did recording them. So, New Year's. Everyone's always like, New Year, New Me. So, and writing-wise, I think we should talk about goals since this is the start of the new year. I can't believe it's 2022. I can't either. (laughs) It's nuts. Um, I, as always, have some lofty goals, some very ambitious goals, but I don't think either of us are very surprised by those goals because, let's face it, I go hard for the goals. Pisces are known as dreamers, so I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just living up to my sign, you know. (laughs) So one of the goals is I really want to focus on a manuscript and I am torn between symbols of character or project D. If you are listening and you don't know about any of these projects, make sure you hop over to YouTube because I make videos about them and they will be there. And also listen to season one of our podcast because she's described both. She talked more about project D in season one than symbols of character, but yeah. Follow her on her personal stuff and listen to our podcast if you need a refresher. Yes. Yes. Good luck. That's what I'm here for. I want to focus on one of those two manuscripts and hopefully by the second half of the year or beginning of the following year, I can land an agent. So as of recording this, I'm leaning more towards symbols of character and it's something that I feel... I don't know if I just have this weird bias that I'm like, well, contemporary novels get picked up easier, but fantasy is just everywhere. So that just could be me. And something in my gut is telling me to lean more towards that to land an agent. So those are my writing goals for 2022. We'll see how I fare. But aside from writing goals, I'm also going to try to wean myself off pop because my dentist told me that I need to do that or else my teeth are going to get even worse. For those of you who are confused what pop is, she's talking about soda. Aside from writing goals though, wean myself off pop, check, spend less time mindlessly scrolling through apps on my phone. I'm really bad at this because I'm a really bad procrastinator and I feel like social media takes away from the productivity of stuff that I want to get done. And it also takes a toll on my mental health because I have a slew of mental things going on, but it it definitely makes me more depressed and more like down on myself. So I feel like if maybe I only am on certain apps X amount of hours a day, then that'll be better for me and also be better for me productivity wise with all the goals I have this year. I think maybe not even just amount of time within a day, but maybe certain times because that way you won't run over or something because you could still doom scroll within a certain amount of time and be like oh I used up all my time for the day in one sitting which still isn't good versus if you have the specific times then you know when if you want to go down the rabbit hole this is how long you have before you have to pull yourself out of it regardless of whether you're really happy on social media or really sad so either way you know what 
I'll set up a forest room. Yeah. I have an Android, so I can back out of the forest room and scroll, and then it will let me know whenever the tree is ready. Well, just turn off deep focus mode, and iPhones can do that too. Oh, see, here I thought over here, I was like, oh, I am superior. I have an Android phone. <laughs> Sorry. Androids are superior because I think you can double your coins, which has never been an option on the iPhone for some reason. Oh, look at that. Coin doubleage. But then also there was a BuzzFeed article that I read a while ago. They were like going through self-care tips that celebrities do. And Jennifer Aniston doesn't look at social media in the morning. Ooh, maybe that. Maybe I should just lean in with that. Like in the morning, just enjoy my cup of whatever the hell I'm having and then make my list of what I want to get done that day. Yeah. And then maybe whenever I'm having lunch with Luna, mindlessly scroll during lunch. Don't ruin your morning routine. Do the first thing on your to-do list. And then maybe... Girl, look at that. We're already getting setting up for success. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. To help you and then hopefully you help me too. <laughs> oh, well, of course. That's how friendship works, okay? <laughs> We're there for each other, which is why we agreed to do this podcast. <laughs> Don't break the friendship. <laughs> Merch coming soon. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Let's talk about you and your goals. Well, I could probably do the social media goal too. I didn't specifically set that one in my mind, but I think I am going to steal it, borrow it, <laughs> join your crusade, whatever we want to call it, <laughs> back you up as I do the same thing. But my goals every year, I generally write them down in my bullet journal. And then it's like the one spread that I don't actually use in my bullet journal every year because it's like all the way at the front of the journal. And... The goals are normally like write every day or to sleep a healthy amount or to publish certain books. Last year, I had the lofty goal of publishing four books in a year and I got to three, which was the entire Stellar Blood trilogy in 90 days, which is crazy. And I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> I remember that process for you. That was that was a process. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. I do generally, like my goals are to form habits, basically to form good ones and to cut bad ones. So I think in the process of discussing our goals, I have added a new one. Well, I also like how you said that your goals in general are to create habits because I don't know. I feel like we've talked about it before, but habitual writing is important. So even if you're not feeling it, at least like how you said, like five words, 50 words, just some words. Yeah, because in our worst writing advice episode, we did say write every day is bad advice. But I think we also put it in our good writing advice episode. I do. I think so, too, because we had a lot to say about it. <laughs> I would recommend you listen to those episodes because we went deeper on it than we're going to go into it now. But basically, we landed on you don't need to take it literally because that's not realistic for most people to write every single day. So writers who can't write every single day of the calendar year shouldn't feel less worthy or like they're not a real writer or have someone tell them that. But also the idea that you should be writing consistently is very important because the consistency gives you practice, which makes you better and also gives you momentum and confidence and all those good things that we as writers who are already more neurotic and anxious than most other careers, we could use all the help we could get. So don't beat yourself up about not writing for a few days, but just get back on the bandwagon and try to write as consistently as possible. Yeah. And I think 
that's a really good way to wrap up this first point and move on to our second, where it talks about writing community goals slash challenges. What I love about the writing community is how everyone comes together and all these different challenges get made and everyone sets these different goals and everyone approaches them very differently. So last year, no wordy happened, although I did not participate in that. Everyone knows about nano and I did participate in nano and I'm no stranger to obstacles that come with nano. In season one, I talked about my first nano experience, but to briefly recap, because you should go listen to that episode, this nano was similar as I like like did all my writing at night while both of my girls were asleep. So I was a nocturnal writer for nano. I did not participate in the wording, but I loved the idea of it and can't wait to see other challenges arise this year or if more writers take on the mill wordy challenge. And if I were to do it, I know it's a part of the challenge to get to a million words, but honestly, it would be just a cool way to log how many words you do get in a year. So I think that would be cool. I also attempted to create a challenge now that we're talking about challenges, but alas, I didn't even finish it and it kind of fell through, but sometime in the future, I would like to pick back up the child's book challenge and you know, try that again. But I think just to wrap up me just drawing this whole thing out is, I think it's a great thing that the writing community is how it is because anyone and everyone can create a challenge or try a challenge. And I know Kate Cavanaugh really made writing experiment videos popular, but I love how each writer has their own unique experience. Still her top performing video is I wrote like Stephen King or Neil Gaiman. It's one of those probably. Before it used to be, I wrote like JK Rowling and then obviously we know why that disappeared from her channel. Um, Yes. I haven't created a challenge. There are a few that I've spitballed ideas for during live streams I posted, and I do have those screenshotted. So maybe I'll do a few, not writing challenges really, but like author tube tags for fun things. That's not exactly a challenge in the way that Millwordy is or even the 5am wake up challenge. It was created so that people who have day jobs and things like that could still prioritize writing without getting home at the end of the day being too tired. I did participate in Millwordy and yeah, it is part of the challenge to get a million words. But the cool thing was that it's not just novel writing words. So like you can count the words you write in your outline or words that you're editing or whatever. And some people counted words that they were just reading which I didn't do because I was only counting new words that I'd written. So if I had edited a chapter that was like 350 words and it read, and it went down to 325, but even with my cutting, I wrote new words. I counted the words that I had written. Didn't some people also include like their words that they were sending in emails and texts? Yeah. And that's really cool. And I tried to do that. And then I just realized that that was way too much for me to be keeping count of. But I was including schoolwork too and my newsletters. So I was counting that, but I wasn't counting like all correspondence I was ever doing with my teachers or family friends or whatever who email me and text me because that was just crazy. I was going to say that I feel like Mel Wordy is, like I said, I like the idea of it to just see how many words you write in a year. 
but also I feel like it is heavy on the logging and that is also a lot of work that can kind of make people get discouraged burnt out yeah so on my Kofi page I did and I still do because it's up there I can make a writing tracker and then in our season one episode seven show notes we had linked to an artist who had created word trackers for NaNoWriMo that I used to use all the time and when I was actually adding that link I saw that they now have a project one and a yearly one so you could either get it from them or you could pay me to make one for you specifically so you don't have to enter your project names and things like that and the graphs will just populate as you enter it but Kate actually hadn't she had seen Milwardy in a nano form or something. And I think there it might have only been novel writing words. But for her challenge that then went out to author tube, it was you could do any words. And she had said that she really was doing it just to get back into the habit of tracking regularly because that had been a goal for her that she hadn't met in the past. And then she stopped doing it because she the tracking was no longer fun. Kind of like you said, where it was like it could burn you out just by that. So if you like tracking, I think you should try it. If you think you might like tracking, you should try it. But also, if you stop tracking at any point, it's not really that you failed, really, because you're still getting work done. And I also learned that I can't write more than like 2,000 words a day across work, school, and novel writing. So like, even if I'm thinking, oh, I I didn't write a lot. And then I looked at the numbers, I'd be like, oh, I actually did. It was just spread across multiple disciplines, which is why my brain feels like goo because I maxed myself out, even if it wasn't all in one area. Probably won't do Mowardy again, but I do want to track all my words for this year the same way I did while doing Mowardy just to see the breakdown again because that was a cool thing at the end. My goal to write every day, uh, again, consistency. It's not a literal goal necessarily that I'm going to beat myself up. Like if I miss one day, I'm not going to say I failed my New Year's resolution because that's really harsh. (laughs) So critical, much harder. Yeah. It's kind of the same for Nano in in my mind where you have a lofty goal, but if you don't meet it perfectly, you still made progress on it. So that's it. Those are my goals aside from like self-care ones, like I mentioned before, where it's don't be a dehydrated gremlin all the time and get <laughs> enough sleep and remember to eat the proper number of meals so you get nutrition and things you know just be a functioning human being I want to mention that because almost all of my goals are habits and involve tracking, I think we should talk about some tools for success when it comes to accomplishing our New Year's resolutions, even if that's not what we call them. Okay, that was beautiful, the way you worded that, beautiful. So while I may have not picked up a bujo yet, and for those who don't know, it is a bullet journal. I do benefit from daily lists and utilizing the calendar feature on my phone and laptop to set up deadlines. So I feel like it's also important to emphasize 
in order to set yourself up for success, start trying habitual writing like we've been talking about um, and make sure it's habitual writing with a goal of maybe 200 words a day. I say 200 because that's a minimum for me. And I, I know that that's something that I can achieve. So set a minimum for you that you know you can achieve. And that minimum can be like 10 words on work days, 100 words on a weekend or something. Like you don't have to set a high goal until you know that you can sustain it and then you can up it or keep it at the same. But the idea is just to set a goal that makes you work, but isn't going to scare you from even trying. Exactly. Like with my lifestyle and where I'm at in my life, 200 words a day, easy minimum for me. So that way you're still writing and most days you'll surprise yourself whenever you go over that minimum goal. Um, Not everyone can get 5k in a day and that is perfectly okay. You're not any less of a writer if you can't get big number goals down, but you can work yourself up to that point with habitual writing and to, to further this, I hope no one takes this wrong or takes super offense to it because I can't remember the quote verbatim, but it was along the lines of amateur writers from actual writers and how amateurs will wait for inspiration to strike. I used to be guilty of this. So I hope this isn't offending anyone because I too used to do this, wait for the muses to strike me. Um, So amateur writers wait for inspiration and writers who really want to pursue publication, whether it's self-publishing or traditional publishing, will work every day to achieve that, whether they are inspired to or not. And like I said, don't get me wrong, I've been that writer who waited for inspiration to strike and I have since stopped doing that and I've drafted a handful of manuscripts already. So just kind of take it as you will. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that separate amateur writers from experienced writers, let's say, where, you know, practice teaches them things. And in addition to being able to take criticism, which you really, really should be able to do at some point in your writing career, even if you're not there at the very start, which is understandable. Having your words critiqued is like having someone insult your pet or your child. It's not fun. But in addition to that, I do think that the more you write, the more ideas you have. So you are less dependent on waiting for a muse if you believe in that type of thing. But also, yeah, you shouldn't wait. Like you can always be doing something. Again, that idea can unfortunately sometimes backslide into toxic productivity where you're like, if I'm not doing something, I'm being lazy or something. And we're not talking about that. But I do agree that if you're waiting to be inspired, you're not going to be as productive as maybe you want to be and definitely not as productive as others. Although we talked a lot in the NaNoWriMo episodes about how you shouldn't really be comparing yourself to other writers unless you're looking at other books in your genre, in which case you know that this is what readers like, which means I shouldn't stray too far from that. I would be lost without my bullet journal. I talked about it a lot more in episode 13 of season one, where we were just kind of discussing how writers could use them. Basically, I use it for habit tracking and my to-do lists. And I sometimes do time tracking because I know I can have the habit of either switching tasks and thinking I'm working on one thing, but then it turns out that I was actually working on another or a break turns into multiple hours of not doing anything else other than watching something. So yeah, so that's what I do in there. I use technology all the time. I love technology. I love my iCalendar. I love my Waterdew 
to-do list app, which is from the same people who made the Forest app, and the My Homework app, which I use for school. Same deal. But at the same time, if I don't write it in my bullet journal, even if I have it written down in three other places digitally, it like somehow doesn't get done. So there's something about me handwriting my to-do list, even though writing notes on my iPad with an Apple pencil is as good for me as if I were writing in a physical notebook when I'm doing class. If it's not in my bullet journal, it's like, did it even happen? And the answer is no. So I'm very similar with having to hand write out like lists and notes, because while I do like using like my calendar and my notes app on my phone, I also need to handwrite a list. Yeah. And if you're listening to this discussion and you're thinking, but wait, isn't bullet journaling like all that super pretty art stuff where people paint and do washi tape and all those things? The answer is yes, it is for some people. I don't do any fancy stuff in my bullet journal, really. I have a Chronodex stamp, which is how I time track. And it's basically a cool circular diagram that I then just color in to track my time. But other than that, the most color that's in my bullet journal is when I'm writing different tasks in different colors so that I know that this task is for this class or this task is for work or this task is for the podcast versus this task is for my novel writing or whatever. So I color code my tasks and that's about it. So it can be as complicated or as simple as you want. And with that, I feel that goals are a wonderful thing to have. You know, you want to work towards something. Dreams are great. Challenges are a fun way to get into the habit of writing every day. But if you're a writer out there who's still trying to find their style, trying to find a routine that works for you, I hope that you get that this year. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better myself. I will add, don't overwhelm yourself, which we've said kind of throughout this whole episode. They're there to motivate you. They're not the be all end all. And also try to make your goals SMART, which is an acronym, which stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. Sometimes the R is said to be realistic, but the idea between achievable and relevant is, can you do it? And then relevant is, is this goal actually going to do what you want it to do? Or maybe you're not on the right track and therefore you need to set a different goal. And then it's just to assess how good the goal is before you start working on it. But then if you say achievable and realistic, achievable would be you have the skills or the resources to do it theoretically and then realistic is, but could you actually do it? So either way, you're just vetting your goal. You're also never setting this in stone, like we said. An outline is never set in stone. Neither is a goal. Um, Although some should be more sturdy than others, like, you know, taking care of yourself as a human, that should always be pretty much set in stone. Um, So, yeah. So we're not all goblins in our homes. Yeah. Not taking care of ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) This has been the Writish Podcast, and we'll be back with another episode next week when we'll be covering whether age is just a number in writing. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Writish Podcast, on Twitter at write underscore ish, and on Kofi at writish. Bye. Bye.